welcome to We're Listening, the podcast all about Frasier. I'm Will. I'm Key. And this week we're looking at Season 3, Episode 16, Look Before You Leap, in which Frasier encourages various friends and family to embrace a leap year challenge, resulting in very mixed results. Now, Key, I couldn't quite ask you this week, like, have you ever done a, a res- you know, a leap on, on you know, a leap year? Because that's just a ridiculous question. It's so rare. <laughs> but something that's adjacent to that are New Year's resolutions. Are you someone who makes New Year's resolutions and do you stick to them? Um, I do make New Year's resolutions and I do not stick to them. They're usually... What, what, how high stakes are they? They're ridiculously low stakes. They're things okay, I should okay. already be doing and I'm not doing. So. <laughs> like what? That's like, like cut out alcohol or... It's like literally like eat three meals a day. Oh my, eat three meals a day is a New Year's resolution for you. God. I don't, I don't, eat, I don't eat breakfast. I don't tend to eat lunch. I was eat like, I really should be. I should be eating more. So I'm like, I'll eat, try and eat three meals a day. And then by the 5th of January, I'm too busy on that. I'm like, nah. Please eat more or buy fuel <laughs> or something. I don't know. Some kind of shake. I don't know. But you need to eat. Okay? <laughs> my, my, I also, my New Year's resolution for last New Year's, so five months ago now, was... Um, to start exercising more, and I have been doing that. Mm, nice. Yeah, I've started your regime. What kind well, of I've started like going for like jogs and stuff. No way. Um, and, and I don't want to tell you this because you're quite good at jogging. You, no, you, you, I'm not. You're like, oh yeah, just go for a quick run. I'm like, oh yeah, what? Like a couple of k. No, ten k, mate. Ten k. <laughs> yeah, just forty eight minutes. You know, boss it out. Get <laughs> um, but no, I've never really been one for running, so I'm trying to build up to it. So it sucks at the beginning. It's awful, and then it gets good. Um, yeah. And it's kind of the thing like it's hard to ever believe it gets good when you start out. You're like, no way. This is just you either like it immediately or you don't. But I, I feel like a big thing with running for me is just like the mental block of me getting bored. I'm yeah, like, that's a tough I'm one. I'm like, yeah, I'm bored. Maybe I'm a little bit tired. I'm yeah, fairly tired. I could stop now. Yeah. <laughs> I could stop now. <laughs> I mean, headphones are great for distracting. I'm at a point now where, like, you know, I went out this morning. I didn't even put headphones in because I can't be asked to sort all the music out of my phone. I just want to just head out immediately out the door. And like now, I can stave off the boredom just because I'm just like, you know, just letting the fresh air just get into my system. You know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, I mean, generally, I don't keep New Year's resolution. I don't make them. I don't think um, I've never been yeah. big for. I- Maybe. I don't really see the point of saying, oh, I'm going to make a big sweeping change and start tomorrow because that is literally never how it works. Like, no, do you want to change things in your life? It's about making small incremental changes that build up to something. Like, very rarely do you say, oh, I'm just going to make this huge, big change and stick to it. Mm. I think generally. I think that's not something Fraser would say a lot. And, and if you're going to do it, why wait till New Year's? Just start today. There's no, no point in going, well, I want to make this change in my life, but. It's seven months till New Year, so <laughs> I've got a seven-month running period, and then we'll start on what the first of January. What a pep talk that was, guys! <laughs> There's people listening right now that need to make a decision. I think you're going to spur them on, so thank you for that. Um, shall we tuck ourselves into trivia corner this week? Yeah, let's do it, mate. Excellent. So I haven't actually checked this week, but I'm confident I got a message from MK that he has uh, dropped off the goods, so to speak, along with Cam Winston and their little quiz group. So I will begin with Cam Winston for UK. Question numero uno. Look Before You Leap first aired in 1996. Why is that relevant to this episode? I'm guessing just from the context of the question, I don't know the answer. I'm guessing it was a leap year. Yes, it was. A nice question to start us off there. I like that. Very, very nice thinking outside the box from Cammy there. Okay, name this question two. Okay, this is okay. This is harder. So we started out easy. Now we're getting into oh, the, God. the tough shit. Name, based on Martin's descriptions... The catastrophic events on his flight to Montana. There are eight that he mentions. Bonus point if you get them in order. 
gonna get my order. <laughs> not gonna get eight. Um, I think the easiest way of me doing this. Oh, okay. okay. There's eight catastrophic events. Yeah. There's eight. I'm just getting them. I think, I, the, I, I, yeah, catast- some of them are less catastrophic than others. There are basically okay. eight elements to his play narrative. Let's, let's okay. So if I just, what if I tell you, talk you through the story of what I remember, and yeah. then um, you tick, them off, tick them off as they go. Okay, so he got on the flight to Montana. You did. I heard a Canadian geese flew into the turbines, and I think it far more catastrophic. Well, no, he says that it was less catastrophic for them that they were killed instantly. I think. <laughs> Um, yeah. Then the, the plane dropped five thousand feet in altitude that as a result. Scare the shit out of me. Yeah. I think all the see because I don't know that much about planes. I'd be like, oh, is this normal? This is just a bit, like. Yeah, we're just happens, thing, isn't it? You know. Um, I think I'm assuming like all the airbags and all the emergency landing gear and all that like deployed. Um, uh, landing gear, landing gear didn't work. I don't think there's any reference to like masks and things. Oh, okay. Um. Um. I think people start panicking and like grabbing each other, screaming. Yeah. So you've got three. Someone so far. holds Martin's hand, and he didn't. He didn't let go. He I didn't, didn't let go. <laughs> That's four. Um, I think the the captain or the pilot um, says that they're gonna have to make an emergency landing in a load of foam. I That's, think. That's another. Yeah, six feet of foam. He then he goes. He slides down the the slide onto the foam yeah and a large lady follows him and i think just barrels into him a polyester avalanche <laughs> um i mean you've given that an incredible stab the ones that you didn't get were there were smokehouse almonds flying everywhere um he, he describes the nuts going everywhere and they bounce across the runway is one thing oh, he mentions okay. as well um but i mean i'm giving you the point there because that is that is basically the entire narrative recollected so well done there um finally for cammy this week what color tie is Niall? wearing when he says Niall's gotta have it such a good line and I such don't a good line I don't, I don't care Niall's gotta have it it's because I, I knew all the way through that line was from this episode and I was just waiting for it I forgot it was in and, this episode and then I was starting to think maybe isn't did I come up with that I think it I wrote that nice line I just, um, I'm just gonna take a stab though because I don't remember the tie at all I'm gonna say yellow and black I don't I hate That's... to do this to you, Key. He's not wearing... He's not wearing well, no, a tie at all. It's, it's not Apu, is it? It's Lionel Hutz. Lionel Hutz. Two Apu. He's wearing suspenders um, oh. or braces, as we call them in the UK. I always get oh. laughed at by my family for calling them suspenders because suspenders in the UK... is means a, something quite different. It's a lingerie piece, <laughs> um, which I think we've definitely mentioned before. Um, trivia from Niall Crane now. What was wrong with Gary when he arrived... And it isn't the fact he was married. Okay, is it? Oh, okay. There's an inconsistency. Okay, I think is it the oh fact God, if you get this that he shows up within thirty seconds of her <laughs> saying it, and he's already bought her flowers. That's not the answer, but I mean that that may as well be the answer. <laughs> um, inconsistency. Is... Basically, his briefcase is black, and Roz describes it as being tan coloured. Um. Okay, no, I didn't notice that at all. I did not notice that either. Good observation there. I like that a lot. Um, I didn't even notice he had a briefcase, to be honest, because he's got the flowers. I was like, he's got all I remember is the flowers and him getting there ridiculously fast. I mean, what was he waiting at security? What? What's? I don't understand. Gary got to have it. Okay, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I'm still, I'm still want to see you. Um, (laughs) finally, from this little batch from Missy Crane, 
What amount is the goal of the PBS pledge drive and how much has been raised when Fraser gets to the set? Oh, God. I should know that. I, I think the amount they're aiming for is a million, I think. It is, which seems low to me. Um, I don't know. I feel like... It, I feel that in, in 1996, that's... Ma- maybe, yeah. You know, I think... like what's the average show on PBS? It's probably not going to be like, you know, HBO, budget, big budget. I, I'm going to be... Awful. I, when I think of PBS shows, I think of The Simpsons. They're like, talk to the hand and don't go there. Don't go there. <laughs> Ready for another episode of Don't Go There, Marge? <laughs> um, in terms of the amount raised, oh, was it said or was it a visual? Do you know? Uh, I have a feeling like, it must be visual because it's a very specific figure. Okay, so it's okay. It doesn't end in a five or a zero. Is that what you're saying? Is that because that when I think no, I was, no, oh, okay, it doesn't. I'll give you like within the nearest. If you win it five grand either way, I'll give it you. I'm going to say $142,000. Oh! <laughs> Is that it's it? A hundred, it's 150486 oh! oh, my God. I thought you were going to get there then. Oh, my God. I was going to say I'll give you 10 grand either way, and then you'd have got it. So, <laughs> But I can't change what I said, Gay. Um <laughs> I, you did a really good job there. You know, some tough questions, but you you put your bundle through. I love it. So, do you want to ask me yours? Yeah. Okay. Um, like, I I, like um, I had to write down the answers to these, and I've forgotten. So, I have to have my notes next to me to give you the answers. Okay. Question number one: mm. Who does Fraser suggest that Ros met on the bus, or at least who does he guess oh, the Ros met on the bus? Man, this should be a gimme. I feel. Oh. It's going to be like a, a sarcastic or facetious comment, isn't it? It's not going to be like... I think so. I don't know the actual reference. and Maybe uh, I should, but I don't know the reference. Oh, bugger me. Oh, can I have an initial, please, Kay? <laughs> please. <laughs> can I have a vowel? Yeah. Okay, so it's C-L. That's C-L. C-L. I don't know why I've got <laughs> Lewis in my head. Um, something Lewis, but I don't think that's right. Um, no. I should say, by the way, my mom texted me the other day to ask me who Kennedy Burling was. Oh my God, no <laughs> way. Who's, who's this guy, Kennedy Burling, you keep talking about? <laughs> I've been Googling him. I can't find him. Oh, you won't find him on Google, Sharon. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've got, um, I think, Carl Lagerfield. Oh, Carl Lagerfeld. Carl man. Lagerfeld. Ugh, so easy. Sorry, Kay. Do you know who Carl is basically a massive um like fashionista he's dead now uh died recently oh. i think he was the head of chanel um the, like the chanel fashion house um okay let me just double check that before i make an absolute massive faux pas yes he was yes he yeah. was okay question number two yeah who does fraser quote live on air at kacl oh my god these words, what might have been. Um, yeah, that's the quote I'm looking for. Yeah, yeah. and then who? It's who's... like it's like a classic, you know, kind of romantic era poet or something. Like it's not John Maynard Keynes. He was an economist, but it's kind of that similar. It's got that similar ring to it. Um, I'll, yeah, I'll give you a clue. It's it's three names, and the first is John. I know. Oh my god, I'm not going to get this. You have to tell me. Do you want to initials for that help? Possibly. J G W. John something. It's got to be John some. No, not maybe not Williams because I, I would. John Williams would have lasted in my head because I'd have thought of the composer. John. 
George Wilson. Okay, it's far more special than that. Oh, <laughs> oh, damn it. Um, John Greenleaf Whittier. Oh, for God's sake. It is a lovely quote. Yeah, it's, it's, a lo- it's nice, yeah. It's powerful. I'm having a chocker here. Okay, I apologise. <laughs> I don't think either of us are coming across particularly well. I'm tired. I'll just say that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, third and final question. Can you get off the mark? Oh, God. Who has Niles paid to touch him? Manicurists. Yeah. Pedicurists. Yeah, looking for one more. Facialists. Bang on. Yeah, baby. Oh, (laughs) so good to not have a bust. Okay, thank you for those, Kate. Excellent. Nice to get off the mark. Feeling good. Feeling ready to to lay MK's questions at your feet. So, question numero uno. The inspiration for one of Fraser and Niles' childhood Halloween costumes is mentioned in this episode. Name both the inspiration and the costume. I do not recall this at all. Um... Oh, hang on. Uh, They mentioned Halloween costumes. and Okay, so something is mentioned sans Halloween, and it inspires, in a different episode, they mention what they dressed up as for Halloween, and it is directly related to a very specific historical reference that's made in this episode. Um, This is a hard question, so I've just tried to give you a lot of context there, but a very specific historical thing is mentioned in this episode, and it inspires a costume that they later recall in a different ep. Um, and I'll give you another clue. Martin says it. That's all I can give you because this is hard. Oh God! You're you're kind of just like kick yourself a little bit. It's not like it's really out there. Um, yeah. But it's just one of those. It's tough. Is is it one of those where if I get the reference from this episode, but I get the costume? Is it is it one of those? I, um, I don't know. I, I wouldn't have. Um. So I don't know. Um. Oh, God. Um. I've got no idea. I don't. I'm... It's a historical a historical moment from the sixties. Oh, he says. I mean, I don't know. If, I don't. He says something like, "We didn't talk about the Cuban Missile Crisis." I remember that being a that's a historical reference. That is what I'm looking for. Um, and what? their costume was they dressed as the Bay of Pigs. Um, they, they did dress as the Bay of Pigs. I wouldn't have got that. The Bay of Pigs. A very good question from Corey there, and I hope he will forgive me for kind of needling you along there um, <laughs> because it was uh, a, very, a deliciously tricky one. Um, name the four items Fraser has in his possession when he enters the apartment at the start of the episode. And I mean, the very kind of like basic here, like, you know, kind of say what you see in terms of possessions, I would say. Okay. He's just brought Eddie back from a walk, I think. So, does Eddie count as a possession? Eddie's leash. Okay. Eddie's leash. A newspaper? Newspaper. What else do you have when you come into the house? Um, I mean, think, ask that question to yourself again. Wallet. Always the other wallet. one. The other one. Keys. Keys. And Keys. finally, this one's probably slightly more specific than the other three. Specific to where he's been, what he's been doing, I would say. I don't remember what he was doing. Um, okay, maybe if he took Eddie for the walk, he got some. What do you... I have no idea. Um, a bag of treats for Eddie. It's a nice question there, Corey. Question three, Corey's final one today. What distracted Niles whilst he was driving? Oh, okay. is it like a provo- provocative like sign on a truck driver's? truck exactly like provocative yeah. decals i think he says so i assume just like you know those kind they... of classic like busty women like or whatever yeah or like hon- the silhouette you always get honk if you're horny and that kind of thing <laughs> uh so great stuff um 
excuse me. Question from Heart House Orchid Key. What did Frazier have to eat before performing at the PBS Pledge Drive? He mentions to Roz what, re- what might be rising in him. I, I remember him saying just before he goes out, like it goes on, uh, he says something about a cheap Chardonnay or something That's, like that. Yeah, or, a rather disappointing Chardonnay. And just I don't, before that, he mentions I the meal. I don't remember the food. All I heard was Chardonnay. It's controversial, is the best thing I can say. Um, or okay, at least, at least the, the operative element in this meal is, is controversial. I feel that, okay, what are the controversial foods I know? Mm-hmm. All meat, all dairy, <laughs> foie gras. Uh, okay, um, okay, isn't caviar quite controversial? I don't know. Isn't that know. like eggs probably, or something? And people say, oh, is, you shouldn't. Probably is controversial. Again, I have the diet of a seven year old boy, so I don't eat anything controversial. <laughs> <laughs> it has to be tried and tested for me. Um, I think veal's quite controversial. Want to go okay. with veal? I'm guessing from your smile, I'm going to say you had veal. Veal and... milanese. Um, couldn't tell you what that is, but yeah. Veal is just baby cow, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've never had that. I mean, that is particularly like... It's weird that like lamb is pretty... Um... Yeah, it's like we see a baby... Lamb's a baby sheep, right? Yeah, yeah. And, like, and we're like, oh, is... we could eat that. Lamb <laughs> is quite commonly eaten amongst meat eaters, but then veal is a bit of a, a taboo. But I guess it's because, with all due respect to sheep... Once they mature and have become adult, they are kind of useless other than the wool. Um, whereas other than cow- the wool, they've got wool. Other <laughs> than the wool. Well, a cow, like, there's way more to gain from letting a cow mature, I think, because you're going to get way more from the milk and cheese and obviously all the other kinds of meat. Um, so I guess it's like, you know, it really is kind of overkill killing them before it has a chance to grow up, I guess. Um, that's how I see it, but I don't know. I mean, I'm a meat eater, but I, I try not to be. So, you know. Um, I'm a meat eater who wishes I wasn't a meat eater. Yeah, but same. I don't have enough variety in my diet to not be a meat eater, if that makes sense. I think I, if I lived on my own and I was a bit more like had free reign in the kitchen and stuff, I would definitely try a few new recipes and stuff. I mean, when I go out to eat these days, what I would say 50% of the time now, I will have a, a vegetarian option. Um, just because I'm not doing it at home, I might as well. Final, final question, Key, from Run for Your Life. Where does Niles have creme fraiche on his body? Finally, one I think I know. It's, is it behind his ear? He, like, he gets it from ear. on his ear, and then I think he licks his finger. Absolutely. I, I, don't, I don't know what creme fraiche is. It's not just cream, I, is it? Is I it thought like... it was just cream. It looked like cream. Is it like um, natural yogurt or something? Is that what we would call it over here? It's a soured cream. Ooh. Doesn't sound great. It doesn't sound nice. I mean, whipped cream in, in, in the bedroom will at least be pleasant. Um, <laughs> cr- creme fraiche, not so much. There you go. We've all um, found a little bit out about Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everyone who wrote in this week um, with your questions. And no clashes. Can you believe that? Done well there. No duplicates. So bloody love that. So thank you, everyone. Please keep them coming. <coughs> God, excuse me. Uh, are you ready to pop into the review, Kate? Yeah, let's do it, mate. Tell me what animation watch was, please. Was it a lift going up? Yes, it was. Back to basics, nice and classic. No animation <laughs> last week, so anything is, is better than, than last week. Um, Martin makes reference to Eddie licking him awake. It's just not the same if Eddie isn't there licking him awake. Daphne with a good line, don't look at me. I do find this a little bit disgusting. I mean, I've had dogs in my life. I still have a dog in my, you know, my brother's dog. Dogs licking you is pretty disgusting. Um yeah, generally, yeah, particularly dogs, on the face, it's dogs' not. breath not nice, and they're not they don't have clean mouths, they don't have dental hygiene, so this is kind of gross to me. Yeah, um, a little bit. You know, when you when you had Tom the cat, was that anything Tom would do? No, no, he no. would not. Never. Was he an affectionate cat or a bit quite like mm, leave me he, alone? He was affectionate in the sense that he would come and like sit on you or sit next to you. 
I love that. But he wouldn't do anything with. He wouldn't like. <laughs> he wouldn't. He wouldn't lick you or anything. Um, but he did once. Um, I I don't particularly like spiders, and a spider sort of fell on me. It just sort yeah. of appeared out of nowhere, and he just cool as a cucumber, walked up and ate it. <laughs> and, and honestly, I was so proud of him. What a boss. He, he left one leg behind. I've oh got a very vivid God. image of the spider's leg on, a, on the floor, but um, he was so calm and then just sauntered out the room. He's like, yeah, yeah my work got, here is done. He had your back, man. I, well, I, I when, I was, when I was young, I used to sometimes just lie on the floor and think, I wonder, would he, if he thought I was dying, would he do anything? So I just lay on the floor for like 10 minutes and he did nothing. He did not, <laughs> didn't care at all. Peace of mind, I'm sure. <laughs> it's good to know that, you know, in the event of some kind of terrible tragedy. Um, Frazier goes out on the balcony now. I, I like the fact he opens both the doors and kind of exits through one and comes out on the other. Just not really emotion in the apartment. We see that often. And also... Feels like it's been ages since the balcony has had any any say. I always forget the balcony has a second door. Yeah, because I do. I'm always like, oh, it's, just, it's that one door on the left. That's the one I always remember. Um, so yeah, it's a really nice shot, actually. I think of him walking out, a little wander around. It's, it does a really good job of like just making it feel like I don't know. It is a lovely day, and they're opening the windows out yeah. onto Seattle, kind of thing. And I think it's a real thing as well. When you have a lovely day and you're not expecting it, everyone's like, "It's a really nice day, isn't it?" it? Is. Let's open Didn't all the windows. We'll make the most of it. Exactly. And like it's so rainy in in the world of this show that it kind of makes sense. Um, but yeah, like I always think as well, like the piano bench should be blocking that door. Um, obviously, yeah. it's not when you know the, the apartment's not that cramped. It's it's huge. Um, but yeah, like Daphne goes on a bit of a like, you know, folklore rant about the weather here, you know, like all warm days in winter and blah, blah, blah. It just got me thinking about the weather we're having at the moment. Um, God, it's bleak, isn't it? I, I, I don't know. For, for our non-UK listeners, you, you'll obviously have no idea what the weather's like over here. Why would you? It's hardly like we've been hit with a hurricane. However, it's probably the rainiest May on record, um, or certainly will be by the time May leaves. Um, this time last year, it was probably about 23 degrees today. Today, it's probably about 12 degrees. It's overcast. Um, we, it's just rain nonstop every day. It, it feels like... Sorry, but you go. I was going to say, it feels like the last two to three months, it has been perpetually overcast. Honestly, as a, I'm a self-professed lover of rain, I love the rain. And I, I can't recall a time in my life I've been more pissed off with the weather. Yeah. Like, I am getting so irrationally angry with all of this. It's just killing me. It's um, like you get maybe like five minutes where it looks okay. And then an hour later, it's storm. And it's, it's you just, just hear the wind blowing. I know. When you've got nothing to do, it's okay. But when you actually like, you know, we're, we're easing out of lockdown now. Plans are forming and I want to have yeah. a life. Yeah, um, but especially we're at the stage where you can go outside, but you can't necessarily, to an extent, you can start going inside at pubs and things like that now. But a lot of people obviously are still outside. Yeah, yeah. And it's not the ideal weather for it, is it? So... How nice is it just being inside somewhere? I, I, oh. I love interiors. <laughs> I forgot how much I love being inside. I, I just walk in and go, this place is nice. It's got a roof and everything. Honestly, it's... it's got walls. I don't feel the wind on me. Um, now, okay, I would like us to take a moment of silence, please. Sharkbait O'Reilly has finally passed on. Um, always in our hearts. I don't know how he got the nickname. Um, is it mentioned? Does someone ask how he got that nickname? No, all we know is he's got a big scar. So a I think big we, scar. we can take from that. <laughs> um, so really, really sad that he's passed on and he touched a lot of lives. Um, do you agree with Fraser's kind of rationale about the leap year here, that it's a free day? Was When no. this comes around, was it last year was a leap year, I think? Um, uh, I, I, I no idea. If um, 1996 was a leap year, then yeah, last year yeah, would it have been, been, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah um, 24 years. I just, it's just another day in the calendar for me. 
Yeah, it is to be honest. And if it's you know if it's February's a midweek grotesquely day, grotesquely short anyway. It needs another day. February's so stupidly short. Honestly, I love the little rhyme we used to do, and it would all just fall apart at the end when you got to February. Like it's like thirty days have September, April, June, and November. All the rest have thirty-one except February, which has twenty-eight or twenty-nine on the list. <laughs> Who came up with that shit, man? Honestly, like oh yeah, you got a bit of a rhyme going here. Let's nuke it at the end. Let's absolutely ruin this poem. Um, but it we it lasted. So as it clearly did the as trick, mnemonics so. go, it's clearly not terrible. But yeah, it's um. I, I don't. I don't agree that this is a free day. You should know. It's it. it's just another day, to be honest. I mean, yeah. obviously, I suppose that there is some kind of thing around a leap. Is there not? Was there not like a tradition or a, a something that, like, on a leap day, women would propose to men rather than vice versa, like way back I, when? I've not heard that, but I like that. It could I, very much be the case. When Shan made me watch a film called Leap Year, and the whole pro- process, it, it's it's a leap day. It's and the woman is going to propose to. to boyfriend um i just think about that heart i was like fiance no um yeah i was and it, it's not a great film to be honest but mm-hmm. I, that's where i feel yeah, like I that's that's based on something there is some kind of a culture some maybe it's a british thing that might be an irish thing i'm not sure but there is some kind of a culture somewhere i think that uh, way back when that's the day like women would propose to men rather than vice versa mm, i like that i like that a lot um I'll have to look into that. Um, what do you make of... I mean, I'm going to really offend Reclia here because I, I, do, I have obviously looked at listener mail, as, as I do, um, and I know Reclia has has called out this moment as one of her particular highlights. Um, I really, really dislike this scene. So apologies to Reclia. When Daphne says, I don't whine. I don't whine. I don't whine. <laughs> I just... I, I get I get that it's a joke. I you know that's the point. It's meant to be a bit annoying. It's it you know it just doesn't land for me. Uh, in fact, I'm just going to forewarn everyone. Daphne in this episode does not get a great reception from me. Um, particularly her delivery of the line later when she comes in all dishevelled. Um, but yeah, I just wasn't huge on this. I mean, I, I, do you like it a bit more than me? I think. I think more than you. I think that it's not like I didn't like. I'll laugh out loud or anything like that. Mm. Um, but it, it's fine. I think I, I can understand why she's delivered it that way. I think it, that's the only way I think you can deliver that line as an actor or mm. actress in that situation mm-hmm. is to make it as whiny as possible for comedic effect. It's it's not that funny. I don't think. Um, I think it's much much funnier is John Mahoney imitating Daphne. Oh my god, that's so done so good. well. Uh, John Mahoney does a fantastic job with that. Oh, um, the princess die. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Honestly, I could listen to John Mahoney talking in that voice all day. Oh, it reminds me of something about my Grammy Moon. I just <laughs> love it. Go on. Just so um, accurate as well because the British people were obsessed with Princess Di and still are. She's back in the news. She um, is back in the news, after, as is the BBC. <laughs> yeah, Martin Bashir getting absolutely disgraced. Um, probably rightfully so, but I don't really know the internet. I don't um, know a great deal. But yeah, Princess Di, venerated, revered by the British public. My nan was obsessed with her. Um, so it's it's a pretty accurate impression. Well, all I remember is that when she died, um, they took the Teletubbies off to uh, the news and apparently I cried. It's, that's the only thing. Whenever anyone mentions Princess Di, that's what my mom tells me. Wow. <laughs> so. I mean, I mean, maybe they did that just to elicit tears from kids to make it seem like there's this kind of emotional national outpouring of grief. Yeah. Um, no, so there's a BBC cameraman in my front room. Going, <laughs> okay, give me the tears. Give me the tears. This local boy was hit really hard by Tinky Princess Winky's gone. How do you feel? <laughs> <laughs> um, I've got on my, on my notes here, the big ham. 
what's this a reference to? When does someone reference a big ham? Does Martin say there's a big ham at the, the buffet? Yeah, I think he says something like, oh, I'll, I want to see the big ham or I'll miss the big ham. I don't want to miss the big that, ham. That's it. I just I just simply put, I do love luncheon meats. I put that on my bullet point here. I'm a big fan of a big ham. I mean, we've talked about ham before. You like a gammon, don't you, Kate? I do like a gammon. Yeah. I do like a gammon well. Very British. Very. <laughs> we love a gammon in this house. Um, so, yeah. Big ham, big fan. I'm with Martin here. I'd want to see it too. Um, Niles arrives now. Um, mm. Initially, Fraser is very amenable to the idea that, that, that Maris wants to get back with him. He's like, oh, it's high time you and Maris sat down and had a talk and stuff. And then he realizes it's sexual. And he's like, oh, no, I, I don't think so. Because initially I was a bit like, why is Fraser so on board again here? We talk Fraser's about this a lot. view of this relationship is Honestly, <laughs> you're getting whiplash, aren't you? With honestly. These, changing views. Um, but yeah, Nars like, oh no, it's it's more in a you wear the creme fresh, oh look it offsets. Um, when he enters, Daphne's standing at the table. Obviously, she must leave into the kitchen because she comes back out of the kitchen when he when he arrives at the table and he seems surprised to see her. Because initially I was like, he's being very open about his sexual, you know, activity here in front of Daphne in a way that I just didn't think made sense. But I guess it's because she's moved off screen into the kitchen. I don't know. Did that flag for you? Um I think, yeah, I think that she's... Well, actually, no, maybe. It didn't flag for me, but I'm not entirely sure. Maybe she is in the room when he says I, it. I don't know, because she does exit. Sure. Like, she comes back in from the kitchen, but I don't know. It, it, she's definitely there when he but starts... I thought she left the, the kitchen after he'd... Um, he. She asks him if he wants breakfast. And I said, that's when she left for the kitchen, but I might be on wrong. Is that separate to when she says, do you want me to butter your buns? I, I think that, yeah, that's the butter buns is after. Yeah, maybe. After. I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, uh, Some great lines from Niles now, like, and your point would be about, like, you know, it's been six months since he's had sex. Um, What is like, oh, yeah, he goes, just substitute a hay for a, an 18th century fainting couch and watch me roll. <laughs> <laughs> that, not quite perfectly quoted there, but just amazing. Um, and I just love this little edge of sibling rivalry. And he's like, you don't want me to have sex because you're not having any. I so am, or whatever Frazier <laughs> says. I mean, when was the last time Frazier was intimate with a woman? I can't even, Kate? It's... Yeah, it would have been Dirty Girl, yeah. Jesus, it has been a while for old Frazier. Yeah, by harder. his standards, yeah, it has been a very long By time. his standards, it's normally like, I mean, speaking of whiplash earlier, it's whiplash yeah. with the freaking girls, he says. Um, I love Niles' shaking hand when Daphne asks, do you want me to buddy your buns? He's like this, because um, he's just horny as hell. Um, and then Fraser says, grandma in a teddy. To oh, God. It's, uh, to get rid of his, uh, his boner, does, shall we say. Does the trick, doesn't it? Oh, <laughs> it, it? It's weird because in there's a Friends episode, I think it's the one in Barbados, that's season nine. Ross is like with, he sees a girl called Charlie um, and they're like getting off in the room and he needs to get up to the door and he, like he just sits on the bed and he can't stand up and he just keeps going, grandma, grandma, grandma. So this is like a recurring gag in American sitcom. You need to get yeah. rid of your... And I think there's another episode of Friends as well, right towards the start when Ross first starts going out with Rachel and um, I can't remember, it's either Chandler or Joey says about how during sex you sometimes think about family members in order to last longer. Yeah. And it's, and it's almost as if you're and just this classic <laughs> phrase the yeah. Chandler head nod. Yeah, it's almost <laughs> as if you're. I do remember that. Yeah, because he, it's the episode where like Rachel dresses up as Princess Leia and yeah. at the end then he sees he his mum. He sees mama. his mom. It's like, I hate Chandler so much. That is yeah. horrible, man. That's really <laughs> grim. Um, 
so okay we're back in ksl now um i mean Knowles comes back into the booth i'm, I'm not going to skip just to that yet but i mean again we keep making this comment rolls just, in just middle of the show up, doesn't check if they're on air or not opens the door starts talking about it he goes, i think there's a way i can have sex and we can both be happy <laughs> um i love this line from Raz when she's like um I can't remember what the first part of it is, but it's like, she says it's like toasting a law school graduation. Um, oh, yeah, just, was it like more? Why would you celebrate more snakes coming? More snakes, like that. just a phenomenal line from Ross here. Um, how does this hit close to home, Keto? You have a law <laughs> background. This came up, and I knew, I knew I'd get asked on this. <laughs> I, Do you take I offense quite, here? I quite like the fact that the American, I think the Americans' view of lawyers is very different to a British view of lawyers. You're right, perhaps because they're. Generally, as a society, seen a bit more litigious than yeah, I think they are. Um, because whenever I think of, of lawyers, I always think of um, again the Simpsons and Troy McClure. And can you imagine a world without lawyers? <laughs> and everyone's <laughs> holding hands. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there is that. But um, no, it's a it's a good joke. It makes me laugh. So. It, you don't take it too much to heart. I like that. <laughs> um, I, so I really like this whole Ross and Gary thing because I, I I'm very interested in these ideas of like missed connections and things. Do you um, read like the missed connections pages, not like, the Metro? I that? don't. But I mean, I there's a guy I follow on Twitter who used to write like fake rush hour crushes into the metro <laughs> um which was like a, a section that they had and some of the things he would come up with i mean i, I have to try and find some examples later but well, they were absolutely hilarious my um, favorite i ever read was in the metro and it was some guy and he, he said um dear i like radiant in red something like that um just to be clear when when i saw you on the train the other night and um, the only thing I had on me was like a five pound note. And so when I wrote my number on that, it was to give you my number and I was not trying to solicit you. <laughs> <laughs> Just to be absolutely clear. <laughs> okay, I found, I found a couple here. Um, so to the guy who got on a bank dressed like Mr. Chips and catchphrase, your cheeky smile reminds me of popular sayings from girl in bring back hanging t-shirt. <laughs> and then another one he wrote to the gorgeous brunette who wears a gray beanie and gets off at embankment. Please give me a chance to show you what we're meant to be together. You're one and uh, from your one and only. Um, oh just, he just, some of them, he wrote one about like to the girl who was eating, um, chips in a polystyrene clamshell or whatever sorry for me using them as a pair of castanets <laughs> i don't know they just get really outlandish um but like he used to write loads and then they went viral a few years back um but yeah that's misconnections um i really love kelsey trying to coax Roz here um obviously based on one of your questions from me earlier just the way he kind of goes Roz, is there something Roz. you want to say i just love this um and i'm glad Roz caves because you know she is she's strong-willed you don't think she's gonna do it and then she caves in a big way she's like oh then you laughed and i laughed and then we laughed <laughs> yes yeah, my number and i would have because i thought you were cute <laughs> and then she just puts a hand to her mouth I, um, but also yeah. is it true i do not believe this statistic that a woman over the age of 30 has less chance of getting married than being killed in a terrorist attack absolutely no way is that <laughs> it's true. not true there's no way is that true but he's clearly putting the bums rush on ross there and he you know he wants her to we don't have bums in our town will and if we did they wouldn't rush they'd be allowed to go to their own, own pace. <laughs> <laughs> um, so just really good stuff here. Um, I like that Frasier makes a reference to the on-air light being off when Niles comes into the booth because we talk about this all the time. Um, Niles just rushes in with his sex comment. No, yeah. there's no, there's no kind of in-world in-show checking for like, is this actually okay contextually? So I like the fact that Frasier calls him out on this. Um, I, 
Yeah. Also, I mean, if I was listening to Fraser's show, it would be annoying me the amount of ad breaks. He is literally on air for maybe two minutes before he goes to his first ad break. He goes I, to a lot of He does, messages. man. I hate ads in any form. Like, yeah. when I'm listening to a podcast and there's ads, I'm like, oh. So, yeah, I'm with you. It'd be annoying as hell listening yeah. to this. And um, now a word from our sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I, just, I, I would never want to monetize this podcast. One, we do not get anywhere near enough listeners in the podcast world to make any kind of money from it. And even if we did, I wouldn't put them through that because when I'm listening to a podcast, adverts destroy me. Um, I hate them. Um, so that is why you will never hear an advert on this podcast. You have my word on that, listeners. Um, you don't Niles, have my word. I'm a, I'm a absolutely. You want quite a nut. I'll sell out in an instant, people. <laughs> <laughs> you know a nut when you see one. Um, Niles being horny for Roz. Kind of uh, terrifying in a little way. That Raza never noticed that perky little perky little walk. Is he does he say? He's looking at her ass, isn't he? Um, <laughs> But I mean, it just did the way he kind of chases her into a booth. It just like it's hilarious. But I'm like, whoa. It, it, yeah, it's in it, Niles generally at KCL because then he goes to leave, sees a woman, and just starts stalking her. Just, just starts, starts following, immediately her. following her. How is that going to end if Frazier doesn't do the amazing throwing I, water onto his face? I, I don't. I don't know. It's, it's a bit. I'm scared. He's going to follow yeah. her into some kind of storage cupboard, and he's going to get cancelled. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. Niles, what... just, you need to calm down, mate. Okay, <laughs> Niles got to get cancelled. <laughs> um, I put Frasier can't find the key. What was this in reference to? Can't find the, the key. Yeah, what again? What is with my <laughs> notes? Frasier can't find... Oh, that's it. When he, he's trying to sing at the piano. That's what he meant. I, he couldn't find the key of the song. That's what I was referencing. Um. This is just my words. Frazier doesn't say this. No God. one says this. Um, he's, okay. just at, he's at the piano, isn't he, at the apartment, and he can't find the key to the song. He's singing because he's going like... Yeah. Because, of course, he's just announced on air that he's going to sing um, yes. Birdie's Rigoletto rather than Buttons and Bows. Yes. Which... Slight difference. Uh, very slight. Uh, just a little bit a little bit of a challenge here. Um, and then he's practising it at home, and he can't find the key, and he's just making a big mess of it. Um, Martin comes in at this point. Well, no, it's not. No, Niles comes in first, isn't he, and... Um, kind of just says, you know, are you sure about this? You're getting into a, a difficult aria or something like that. Uh, makes a little pun on that. Um, and he's going to help him rehearse. Then Martin comes in with his his flight from hell. Just compounding to me how much I hate flying, to be honest, this whole anecdote. I haven't been on a flight since probably nearly two years. And I'm just don't, if I don't foresee getting on one for a while, um, just hate it. I'm hate not it, a fan hate of it. Hate it. It's just all the hassle in the the, the days. You've got to make sure you're there on time. You've got to make you've sure you've got leave got the house at 20 hours you've, early. You've got to get through all the security checks. Mm. Um, which in my case, of stress. do so with sex toys that have been hidden <laughs> in the envelopes by friends. Oh, um, this present for your mother. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I mean, that, that's been covered on the podcast, but yeah, what a nightmare. Um, from great line from Niles where he's like these stewardesses were they also covered in foam uh, I was like well you just snap out I, of it I also love the the um the bit about when he's discussing the cold shower and he goes it's clearly an old wives tale because I'm still thinking of my old wives tale <laughs> yeah it's so vulgar <laughs> but I love it um da- okay Daphne comes in now I don't want to dwell on how much I hate this but Daphne comes in her, her whole line out like children pointing your fault i it makes my skin crawl i hate that so much uh what had fraser encouraged her to do because i've already forgotten haircut like princess die i think it is is that like, honestly what it is just to get a, it a, looks nothing a like different... princess die i guess that's the point but i mean yeah 
Um, it just looks like they've just blow dried it up. I mean, what kind of hairdresser did she go to? I don't know. It just, it, I mean, let's be clear, it doesn't look good. But it doesn't also look that bad that people would stop and point in the street. And yeah, go. She, yeah. I mean, I mean, I suppose it's going to be very, very bad if people actually stopped and pointed in the street. But I, I can't think these days of any haircut that would prompt such derision out in public. Unless you, I really, I really yeah, appreciate. Unless you like, had like a swastika like, carved into your head or something. Given that I had my haircut a couple of weeks ago, I appreciate you saying that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Not that much derision. <laughs> <laughs> no, yours is yours is fine. Yours wouldn't attract any flack out on the streets. Um, yeah, so now we have Nas's Nas got to have it line. Seeing Daphne is the last straw. You know, he shouts, "Well, these infernal temptations never end." Um, just hilariously ironic because she just does not look attractive at all. Um, and he storms out. We then cut to the PBS pledge drive. I like the pianist here. This guy's got a cool way about him. I love how he's completely, he doesn't give a damn, does he? Like, you ain't making this unless I like, jab you with a fork. It's like, I can hit, I can hit any key. Ding, see? <laughs> <laughs> he's just having fun, isn't he? I think we're having a good time. I would just love to be like that, that you could put any sheet music in front of me and then boom, I can play it. Like, that is he, just... He amazing. knows buttons and bows off the top of his head because I don't think he has any sheet music for He that. just knows, man. Just um, knows it. It's just really great stuff. Um, but yeah, I really like this guy. Um... I feel like this whole PBS setup and the pledge drive setup is something they could have done more of. And like, it could have been in a different episode, like having a whole episode set there. And yeah. like, I don't know, Nas, Frazier, Roz, maybe even Martin and Daphne have somehow been drafted. Yeah, if like maybe um, Martin and Daphne and, and had been drafted, made to and be one of those people answering the phones. Yeah, I don't think yeah. They're, they're not celebrities or anything. Yeah, Ross, I, I think if you had like an episode where they're all on the phones for some reason, I don't know how you contrive that. Yeah, and maybe and then, they all have like a competition as to who can get the most pledges or something and it becomes yeah. more and more outlandish. And I could just imagine the camera moving between them as well. And like each one of them would be like talking to like their subplots would be the people they're talking to in the various whole drinks that they get into do that i feel like that would be a, a good thing um frazier's now who watches pbs <laughs> I'll, I'll tell, tell you, you. Who. he covers that so well so good around discerning <laughs> and cultured viewers just like yourselves hi i'm Roger great um just really really great um yeah. he, i mean i would he, I, I just doesn't the fact he can do all that off the cuff like the camera's just on him boom he's live on a massive channel it's scary as hell, and they and he's just like you know he, he's clearly got a lot of chutzpah you know to just to just stand in front of public you know in the public and do that. It's just not something I'd be able to do at all. Um, yeah. So I have a lot of respect for him here. Um, what you still make? have respect after the song? Yes, in a way. Because... <laughs> I, mean, I love the David in the forehead as he, <laughs> he, <turns laughs> he spins around. Everybody, um, it takes a lot to to power through a moment like this when he's clearly and so I, far gone. I love when he doesn't know the words, but he makes up for it with the thighs and the shape oh, of the hips. Yeah. And then Martin doing it at the end. <laughs> I mean, let's all go to a taco show is like one of my favorite lines. Um, that is hilarious. The thing is, I um I don't know the real song Buttons and Bows. <laughs> so I sing this version in the shower. This is the only version I know. I think my favorite bit is when he goes, something, something, la la la. <laughs> I just can't remember the line. That absolutely kills me. Um, but yeah, that, I mean that is that's the end bullet point I made. Is there a post-cred scene then with Niles and the Creme Fresh that you want to tell us about? Other than Daphne and Martin are watching at home. Yeah, after that, that you have the um Daphne and Martin watching. Um Eddie grabs the remote and runs into the room so they can't rewind it. 
And then with the credits, Niles comes in, um, gets offered a drink and finds creme fraiche and licks it off his thumb. Oh, I mean, sour cream. How long has it been behind his I mean, ear, man? It doesn't sound nice, does you it? you got to keep it refrigerated. It's not going to be good, man. It's not going to be good. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that's everything for my review, unless there's anything you've, you wanted to mention. No, I think that's it. That's everything I wanted to say. I think. Nice. Is it in your top 10, Kay? It's not, I was actually quite disappointed with this episode because I. Ooh. it's one I always look on really fondly and really like it. And then watching it back this time, I feel like what I actually really like is the last scene and the the PBS, but and the, yeah, everything man, building up to, to that. Way more. Everything building up to that, I was a bit meh. I didn't. Mm. It, it was, you know, it's fine, but it's not brilliant by any stretch of the imagination. I don't think any of the subplots, any of the B plots, I don't think is particularly brilliant. Um, so yeah, not not near my top ten, and probably a bit further away than I, I thought it would be. I'm 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 with you actually. Um, I really like Frasier's story, and I wish more happened there. I liked Nars's a lot, and I really liked Ross's as well. I just think Martin and Daphne are dealt an exceptionally bad hand. Um, Martin gets nothing to do in this episode other than his impression of Daphne, which is hilarious. Yeah, um, that's about it. So yeah, not in my top ten either. Um, and yeah, I just really remembered the PBS bit being a lot longer and more substantial than it actually was. But there you go. Uh, who have you gone for actor pick? Okay. I think the only person I can give it to is Kelsey because whilst I really like, um, I said, I'm not keen on Daphne in this episode. I don't think Roz has that much to do. A couple of good lines, but not a great deal to do. I'm not, I'm, I'm still undecided. I'm not even sure if I even like Niles' plot with the whole, I love his delivery of Niles got a habit, but mm. I, he's so overtly horny in this episode. It becomes a little bit uncomfortable, mm. um, particularly when he starts just following random women around KACL. <laughs> it's, okay, mate. Okay. Problematic <laughs> behavior from Niles there. Um, so it's not, I'm not a huge fan of that. Uh, Martin, I say, love his, his impression of Daphne, but then he pretty much sits on the sidelines the rest of the episode. Mm. Um, if the piano, if the pianist, um, if he was back in it, he'd get a shout because I'd love, love just, do not give a damn. Love the guy. Right. Um, but for Frasier's beautiful delivery of buttons and bows, uh, I'm going to go with, with Kelsey. <sighs> great, great stuff there, Key. I should be picking Frasier as well, but I have not. Oh. I have gone with Niles for this. Oh. Purely just because, I don't know, his, his kind of manic energy in this episode buoyed, buoyed what is otherwise a very flat you know b plot um without him in this episode and the storyline he has fraser's story only comes to a head in the last five minutes and then there's like nothing there's no episode other than that um so i just uh, fraser's amazing in this episode and i think my my heart says says fraser but my head i'm gonna go with nars um just yeah just a big fan of what he did so tally me up for for nars okay uh kenny burlinky what do you make of this episode and has he ever used creme fraiche in the boudoir I feel that he hasn't. I feel that he's a whipped cream man. I'm is he? He does I, strike me as whipped cream. He strikes yeah. me as he comes in jewel wielding whipped cream canisters. Um, he's <laughs> I, not. I feel like, he's not content he, with one. I, he, I feel like he just opens up his kitchen cupboard, looks at various different, slightly different types of whipped cream. <laughs> Which shall I go with today? <laughs> <laughs> he has the entire cover just dedicated to boudoir creams as the sign on the door says. <laughs> Thank you, Key. No further explanations needed. All that remains is to play Whose Crane Is It Anyway? So, okay, Key, for Whose Crane Is It Anyway this week, it's one word and it is million. 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 Who says okay. million? First thought is that 
million is the amount they're looking to receive as part of the PBS pledge drive. So is it possible that either Roz or Frazier says it when they're on, when, when they're in the PBS studio filming? Um, oh, million. What are you going to go with? See, my instinct would be that Frazier says it when they are, oh, we're looking to get a million pounds and sorry, a million dollars and, and we need your help. But I don't actually remember him saying it, which makes me think maybe he doesn't. Um, maybe it's Roz when she's on the phone because she does answer a phone call with like a child who and tries to get his mother's credit card details from him. Um, oh, okay. I'm going to toss a coin in my head. I'm going to say Frazier says it at the PBS studio. Frazier does say it. Yes. But I asked you because I thought he might throw you off. The million is only used once in this episode. Um, and it says, Roz, if you really want to try to find him again, you know we do reach half a million listeners. Where oh. do we find out the pledge target is a million? Because obviously our, our, that is we've established that. But if it's not said, how do we know that? Is it just I, on a board? I think it's on a board. Yeah, that's, I think that's fine. I, I vaguely remember. Do they have like, is it like when they do like a little thermometer thing? Yeah, Maybe. that kind of classic I might be, I might be way off with that. I, I, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I knew it was a million, so I've seen it. Um, mm. Yeah, I think it's a visual. There you go. Okay, so well played. Uh, shall we hop over to listen to Mal this week? Yeah, let's do it, mate. Raz, who's our next caller? Okay, so for listen to Mal this week, we had a lot of comments actually. A couple of newbies, so we're going to read them out. Then we'll read uh, our quiz masters, Corey and Hamish out, and we may have to do the classic format of the random number generator because there's quite a few to get through here so pl daniel who we think is a first time listener put i recently discovered the podcast a few weeks ago after i finished my first rewatch and the depression from no more Frasier kicked in i love these episodes and they make the drive to and from work so much better traffic be damned very nice thank you pl daniel i wonder if that stands for premier league i don't know awesome, baby big Maybe. big fan of there was a lad called Daniels who played for Bournemouth, wasn't there? Maybe a big fan of him. What, Charlie Daniels? Maybe Charlie Daniels. Daniels. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good boy. Um, next, we've got another um, new listener, I think, Benji Wills, who says, hello from Australia. Um, after Eurovision last night, that just feels strangely painful. Uh, <laughs> does. No, no points for the UK. So. Oh, no. um, I started listening to the podcast in the latter half of last year while pregnant with my second child. The podcast gave me much-needed entertainment whilst trying to motivate myself to do housework whilst battling through the fatigue of pregnancy and running after my three-year-old. I recently put on a podcast episode while at home with my three-year-old and she asked what it was, to which I replied I was listening to my Frasier friends. Today, we hopped in the car and just as I was about to start driving, my daughter requested the Frasier friends for the car ride. I love that. That is so lovely. Um, Thanks so much, Will and Keith, for an excellent podcast. It provides so much entertainment and great company for both me and my three-year-old sidekick. Oh, I love that. so nice. Um, Thank you so much. And now I'm really, really conscious that I may have sworn at some stage. Oh, that really dawned on me uh, when I read that (laughs) comment. And I've, I've sworn like three times on this episode already, so... Massive apologies to the kids listening, but I mean, hopefully yeah. she's too young to really know what she's hearing. Well, fingers um, crossed, but I hope you both, if you're listening to this in your car, um, I hope you have a great day and thank yeah. you so much. <laughs> we try not, I try not to make a habit of swearing, but sometimes it just, you know, sometimes Frasier's yeah. antics require it. I feel, uh, feel this is the opportunity for us to have a real impact on the younger generation. So um, stay in school, don't do drugs. Don't um, what do the drugs. other thing they tell kids? Um, um, always, always look both ways when crossing the road. Yeah, do that. Very important. <laughs> um, 
MK, uh, I'll read out MK's question uh, comments this week. He put, guys, I applaud this episode of the podcast like the players applauded Fraser's monologue about what being left at the altar felt like. Key, twas I who said your impersonation sounded like Jerome Belasco. There we go. There we go. I forgot for the show where Diane comes back that she mentions writing for Dr. Queer Medicine Woman and in the finale of Cheers, she's winning an award for writing on that show. Awesome callback. Wow, a little thing called Dr. Quinn, Quinn medicine, medicine woman. woman. <laughs> Trivia and fun bits for look before you leave. The boys are drinking sherry this episode. There you go. Got to make note of that when it comes around. So thank you very much for that, MK. Uh, so next up, yeah, we've got Cam. Um, Cam Winston, who says, hi, team. A great rendition of the hoedown, boys. And I feel we need to get the other listeners onto this as well. I'm sure Sydney and MK will be keen. <laughs> Uh, anyway, other stuff. Diane Chambers, for me, should have featured more. I did like her as a character, and although she's a little crazy, shall we say, I liked her featuring in Frasier and thought she warranted more screen time. Um, she could possibly have featured in um, Look Before You Leap as an old flame Frasier takes a risk with to try again in the spirit of the February 29th tradition. Keys Jerome Velasco impression. Go on, let's hear some more. I highly recommend the Dodo line, he says, in Cafe Nervosa. Uh, we'll see we'll see how it goes I, I think i have to listen back to it to work out how i sounded oh um, uh, yeah yeah <laughs> um you discuss olives in which i am not a fan but i do have a story about them my three-year-old niece and i were at the supermarket one day and she loves olives as her snack i got her a jar and by the time we got to the checkout she had eaten all 30 of them christ i almost threw up peace and as always up the villa hammy Oh my god! I mean, I can't imagine someone that young being into olives. Like, I know when I was that young, I don't, I don't think I'd be able to tell you. Probably what the most grotesque thing in the world for a kid. So, well played to the cultured palate of your three-year-old niece. Yeah. Um, it's, it's the children really leading the way in this episode, it isn't really it? Like is, calling yeah. to listen to the podcast and and. Eating the um, olives. olives. <laughs> Honestly, the, the kids are all right, as they say. Um, okay, so I'm going to generate some random numbers now. So. Okay, I've got 14. I, I don't know how many we actually have in total, so let me just count. Okay, set, I've just got seven on the random number generator, so that's Miss Worcester 22, aka Run For Your Life. Really enjoyed this episode of the podcast. Shelley Long is fantastic, as Diane, like you both said. And this for me, and this is for sure the most palatable Cheers-themed episode. Your talk of the theatre made me super nostalgic. I haven't seen my local Amdram group since September 19, when we performed Macbeth. I've been writing a play during lockdown and can't wait to tread the boards again. An almost daily quote from Frasier, which came to life for me and my boyfriend during lockdown, was Jackson Headley's wonderful, awful, wonderfully awful inhale of, I die, Horatio. <laughs> Sometimes we don't realise we're doing it in public and people steer well clear. All the best, run for your life. Thank you so much, Miss Worcester. Right, Key, three, three, which is, I believe, attempted high five. Thanks for a great ep, fellas. Uh, I think I've only seen this one once or twice before when it's been on Channel 4 of a morning, so it was nice to get a bit of enjoyment out of it for from your pod. I could never get into Cheers that much, and I could never get my head around how Diane is meant to be a character, is meant to be as a character. Mm-hmm. Next week, Ep is not one I care for much either, which is such a shame. The idea of Frasier and Niles dabbling in organised crime seems like a much more entertaining idea than... seems. Seems like it could have been much more entertaining than it was in Word to the Wise Guy and that later caveat app. Also, Key, I think we may have been to the same performance of Dear Evan Hansen. I took my brother and my partner to see it on a Wednesday in November 2019 and also saw Marcus Harmon as Evan. That was the guy's name. Marcus Harmon. Yeah, it was him. Um, was lucky enough to see it on Broadway um, the January before. And I still have my little You Will Be Found key ring now. What are the odds? 
um, in the music th box theatre, I remember the ladies' bathroom had a um, fainting couch sort of deal outside the main area, which I marled at pre-show. At the intermission, it was covered with crying teenagers. <laughs> uh, cheery bye. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. Um, it was Marcus Harmon who played um, Evan Hansen and did a really, really great job. So, if Marcus Harmon is by any chance a fan of this podcast, well done, mate. I think you did a fantastic job. On what your, an endorsement. Um, so weird. We were talking about that last week, and I was so unfamiliar with it. And now there's a film and a trailer out for the new film, and Ben yeah. Platt is playing him in the film as he yeah. played him on Broadway. And I've obviously had to make him look like a high schooler when he's 27. Um, yeah. And there was a just an amazing tweet because obviously I have no idea what Dear Evan Hansen was about. And it was like there's a lot of people furiously Wikipediaing <laughs> Dear Evan Hansen today, realizing it's not about a kid who comes out of high school with a broken arm. It is a really <laughs> screwy plot. It, it, thing is, I genuinely people are like when I went to see it, I do anything nice at the weekend. Yeah, I went to see this play. Oh, what's it about? Okay. Stick with me on this. <laughs> no, it's man. Like it sounds like no one comes off looking good um in a weird way. Like it's just yeah, very no. manipulative and weird. I don't think there's any actual likable character. Well, yeah, not really. No, no real redeemable characters, but the songs are phenomenal. Listen so, to the soundtrack. In a nutshell, um, and like spoiler alert if anyone wants to watch Dear Evan Hansen here. Um it's it, this is literally in a sentence. Evan Hansen's a bit of a loner. This, yeah, he's a loner, this, basically. Yeah, this guy a... dies and he basically exploits the fact that they were closer than they actually were and it makes him popular. Basically, again, spoiler alert, if you're still listening and you're going to see the play, watch the film, you don't know, want to know what's happened, turn off for next Just couple of minutes. Just smack the skip 15 seconds button about <laughs> yeah. five times now and then you'll be fine. Basically, um, Evan is depressed and one of the things they advise is to write letters to himself about how today will be a good day. Dear mm -hmm. Evan Hansen, that's where the title comes from. Um, he writes this and uh, he gets into not exactly a fight, but um, there's a guy at the school, I think Connor, his name is. Yeah. Um, is. Who, one thing that basically takes the letter. Connor then is found dead shortly after, I think, suicide. Um, and they find the letter and think, oh, these two were friends. They were writing to each other. Um, and basically, everyone's like, oh, they were, you know, his friends. And, and, Connor's family are quite wealthy, and so he starts having the opportunity of this life he's never had before. He's popular, wealthy family, whereas his mom is a single parent because um, their dad walked his dad walked out on them, and she's always like working tirelessly just to make ends meet. Um, and then things start to snowball a bit out of control. People start to twig. And actually, this is a bit suspect. How you know he starts faking letters to make it seem like they were closer friends than really. They um, and then it's, it's him trying to maintain the lie and it, as it starts to crumble about him. Um, wow, it's, it's way like more serious than I thought it was. Like, yeah, but the songs are some very catchy songs. Really? So, it's yeah. so hard to, 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 to square such such like bleak storyline with like, you know, <laughs> we're breaking free, we're sorry. <laughs> no, it's not High School Musical. <laughs> Dear High School Musical. Yeah. I mean, the song Sincerely Me mm. is a genuinely very funny song. And that is a right. song that they sing when they're faking the letters. Right, okay. Um, whereas um, there's a song, what is it? Um, oh, what's the song they sing about the dad? Um, so Big, So Small. That's a really sad song. Basically, it's a song about the mother singing about how she tried to hold it all together for him when the dad his dad left. walked out on them. Um, and that's a really there's one line in that song in particular which is like gut wrenching. Um, really, but 
it's yeah it's it's really good it's really good i highly recommend even if you don't if you're not the sort of person who want to go see it or I'd, I'd recommend at the very least listening to the soundtrack because it's a great great soundtrack i'm gonna listen to a few today you've inspired yeah. me Kurt. i think you'll um, really like it i don't you really do Dear Kieran Lee, <laughs> um, okay, let's uh, let's read a few more out. Um, so nine, where does that take us? Um, that takes us to Argle Gargle Google Goop. Thanks for your recap, Will and Key. Glad Shelley Long was in the running for Best Actor, as I thought she did great, even with the twitch. It probably would have looked better had this been a play, but with the camera close of it, it did look rather exaggerated. If you ever caught Modern Family, specifically the ep where she first appeared as the ex-wife, Shelley Long really aced it, including showcasing some surprising physical comedy chops worth checking out. Did not know she was in Modern Family. I think I stopped watching that around season four or so. I've, I've never really seen... My brother's a fan of it, I think. Um, I really I... enjoyed what I'd saw up to season four, but... Again, like Chris, Christopher Lloyd, one of the Frasier writers who's created Modern Family, and it ta- does take a lot of cues from, yeah. from Frasier. Um, but obviously, it's a very different show. Thought Daphne's brief appearance was quite good as well, where she, would, she wouldn't entertain Frasier's attempts to flaunt his success. I especially liked her offering Frasier's award for Diane to spit the olive pits into, but her, also her use of the CB as a cocktail stick for the olives. Fun fact, not sure if it was done on purpose, but Frasier's boast about the provenance of his olives was a load of BS. The Pyrenees and Andalusia are on opposite sides of Spain, so Andalusian monks could not have handpicked his Pyrenean taste treat olives. That's, that's really obvious. Yeah, I never even thought about that. That didn't flag when I was listening to it. Side note, I hope you take this as a compliment as one who doesn't care for football and who's been annoyed at how there's been so much Super League talk going on all over the place. I listened to your rant for a good 30 seconds or so before it hit me that I was listening to more football talk without rolling my eyes. <laughs> Testament to how enjoyable it is to tune in to you guys every week. Keep up the good work. Now that is a compliment that I'll well, take. That's a huge compliment. I'll take that baby to the grave. I'm, I'm fully now ready to do a spin-off football podcast and expect you all to come with us on this. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, I'll, we'll read out one more key and that's probably a good idea because it's a longish one is a uh, ludicrous popping jay which is just two below the one i just read out um so ludicrous popping jay hello again gents and thank you for another fantastic episode of the podcast i agree that this episode was much better throughout than i remembered it being and some of the things that i disliked about the episode i was able to interpret differently after hearing your takes for example i previously thought shelly long was horribly overacting um especially in the scene at the ebt um, but the way Key explained that Diane, uh, one of her lowest moments, would try too hard to seem like herself and go overboard, convinced me that Shelley was justified in her portrayal at that moment. Look at wow. you, Key. <laughs> don't, don't listen to me. I don't know Look what at I'm you convincing about. people. <laughs> um, read the facial tick. This was a callback to Cheers when Diane would exhibit a facial tick in moments of stress, first shown in a season one episode, Endless Slumper. Um, however, Shelley Long really overdoes the tick in this episode in a way that she didn't in Cheers. That's interesting. I wonder if that would be something like if she hadn't played the character in a while and she's going overboard and just trying to remember how she did it, maybe? Or mm, I don't know. Maybe. I wonder if that's something. Um, as far as Key's observation towards the end and di- about Diane and Stan, I think that served two purposes. First, as Key noted, to show Frasier that she doesn't reciprocate his renewed feelings. Second, it serves to remind us how Diane left Frasier for Sam in the first place, by showing her pursuing Sam's um, XP, is it? Yeah, XP. I looked up this term. It's basically like um, it, like a character that's clearly based on someone. Um, oh, okay. So it's, short, it's short for exported character. Oh, very good. Okay, there I like go. that. That's good, yeah. Um, yeah, by pursuing Sam's XP in her play. Uh, looking forward to going to the taco show in London yeah. and seeing Martin's famous Daphne impression. 
Uh, great job, guys. Thanks again. And congratulate, congratulations on 75,000 listens. Is I know. Is that true? We have 75,000 listens. We, uh, I mean, we'll actually be above that now. I will wow. give you the grand figure. We are currently sitting at 77.8. Wow. But uh, Will, ask me one answer one question for me. Why would I listen to a podcast about a TV show <laughs> when I could just watch the TV show? I can't answer that for you, Kate, <laughs> but I can get really annoyed and leave a really smarmy comment below. So if you want me to do that, I will. Um <laughs> if anyone wants to know the context of why he's asking me that, <laughs> there is a comment on the listener mail that got pretty heavily downvoted that you can go and read my response to it. Um but yeah valid question um <laughs> next week we will be looking at season three high crane drifter episode 17 high crane drifter i love this episode um that's not a spoiler about top tens it may be it may not be but i love this episode a lot um it's got some of my favorite moments in including the how green was my valley annex line um which absolutely ruins me um so really looking forward to that um thank you everyone that wrote into listener mail this week sorry if we didn't get a chance to read yours out but the whims of the random number generator are uh, out of my control um any any final comments Kay, or don't feel like you have to say anything. I, I ask you because I don't want to like just talk all the way through to the end. No, I think um, look You're before you leap, people. Always look before you leap. Always look before <laughs> you leap. And you know, if you don't want to leap, it's fine. Just yeah, stay just, on terra firma. You want to die doing nothing, you do that. Enjoy. Stay on terra frasia. Yeah. Um, great. But other than that, I've been Will. I've been Key. And thank you very much for listening to We're Listening. Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling Tossed salads and scrambled eggs Oh my And maybe I seem a bit confused Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegs <laughs> But I don't know what to do With those tossed salads and scrambled eggs <laughs>